TYT interviews, everyone. Uh, this is J.R. Jackson. I'm here, and I'm honored to be joined uh, by Proz Michelle of the uh, one of the most, I, in my opinion, best hip-hop groups of all time, the Fugees, uh, here to talk about um, actually a new film. We're not necessarily going to get into music necessarily. Maybe we will. But uh, uh, first off, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Um, the name of the film is uh, Sweet Mickey for President. Uh, so Proz was also a producer. He was a part of this particular candidacy in Haiti. Uh, and we're going to get into all the details of that. Well, I was born in Brooklyn. But Haiti is my lifeblood. My parents could have decided not to come to America. I could have been one of those kids. There is still plenty of frustration with the government there over the slow progress of rebuilding. Everyone wants what in the government. They don't You need someone can inspire the people. So I called my friend Michelle Martelli. I was like, you know what? You need to run for president of Haiti. For over 20 years, he's been one of Haiti's favorite musicians, both outrageous and outspoken. And then from that point, we were like basically talking every day. I read on the internet that you used to wear diapers when you were performing. That's the artist, not the actor. The <laughs> president cannot run Haiti. Are you running to become the next president of Haiti? Wycliffe Jean is running for president. Wycliffe Jean. Ross Michel said you lack a definitive plan to bring Haiti into the 21st. Ross was saying that he'd support your opponent, Sweet Mickey. I guess there won't be another Fuji album. <laughs> what a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty, mighty It was, it was I started to get a sense that the government was paying attention. They didn't like what they saw, so they made their move. Everyone is on board. Everyone. The unrest was spreading, and the people were not backing down. It doesn't matter. We're going to win somehow. The people won't let it go through this time. Our people are being abused. I would rather take time to make them understand the need to stand up and stand for the truth. <laughs> because I have something to show, man. Sweet Mickey, first of all, is, uh, his name is Michelle Martelli. Uh, now the current president of Haiti. I don't know if I'm doing any spoilers here for many people who don't pay attention, but uh, the film basically goes through the entire campaign for Martelli and how you were basically, you kind of triggered it, honestly. Um, so first I want to start with, at the beginning of the film, uh, we talked about your roots back in Haiti and, uh, and the reason this even sparked your, it's triggered you to do something because nothing was being done after the 2010 earthquake. I think it was in January of that year. Um, can you talk about how, I guess, what it was that you saw, how many times you had to see the devastation and nothing was being done when you said, as I saw in the film, this is some bullshit. <laughs> so what, what, what exactly was it that when you finally said, nobody's doing it, I got to do something? I, I remember when it happened, um, the night before, well, the night that it happened, the world heard about it the day after, that morning. Mm -hmm. But a friend of mine called me and told me there was an earthquake. 
And, um, you know, I thought it was just earthquakes. Like, we have earthquakes in California, right. you know. And then um, the next morning I did this show, this morning show, like a 6.30 a.m. morning show. They called me, and I don't know why they called me, but I went and I did the show. And then, but they were showing me the, 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 the footage. And that's when I saw the devastation. But um, then I saw the former president at that, that was the president at the time, he made a comment about how he didn't know where he was going to stay. You know, I thought it was a bit odd that the leader of that country doesn't know where he's going to stay. Mm. You know, if, you, if you're the leader, you don't know where you're going to stay. Imagine how the people is going to feel, you know? Right. So, you know, I felt like, you know, for, you know when, when, when I started the Fugees, you know, one of the things Clef and I wanted to do is, you know, represent Haitians. And, but when the Fuji took off, Clef really took the plight of Haiti on his back. And I kind of like just stood aside, you know, because I wasn't born in Haiti. My parents are from Haiti, but Clef was born in Haiti. So I figured, you know, I'm an American, you know, I didn't really want to get involved with it. But after the earthquake, I decided I can't just stand back idly and watch this happen. I felt like I have to go and do something. And at that moment, I didn't know what it was, but I knew I had to do something. Mm-hmm. So you went and visited first before the, well, I guess the idea, I guess in the base of the film being, you approached uh, Michelle Martelli again. And uh, for many, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with his music. He's a musician, a well-known provocative artist mm-hmm. in, in, in Haiti for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, what was it about, you approached him and basically said he should run. Because there's been, there was a recent history of a string of presidents that didn't do much for the people. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was very self-serving. There's a lot of corruption, which uh, happens everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> But um, it's just it was it was it was specifically highlighted. So what was it about him that once you decided something completely different needs to be done, had you target him? I mean, first he was a very popular musician in Haiti, extremely popular. He's equivalent to like the Michael Jackson, if you uh-huh. will, of Haiti. Um, and I know, but but you know, being popular doesn't mean people people think popularity equates to. Um, people having an affinity for you or, or you being revered. Yeah. That's not the case. Because there's a lot of people that are popular that people don't like. I can name uh, 10 people right now that's popular here in America that are very popular, but we don't really like them like that, yeah. right? But he had some form of a leadership capacity because not only was his music provocative, but some of his music were political. So, you know, he was the guy that I had access to and who I thought... Maybe he'd make a great um, um, candidacy and to eventually become president. In, in, in my thought process, it wasn't something that was, um, you know, it wasn't this comprehensive thought out plan. It was just what my heart told me at that moment. Mm-hmm. I just went with it, kind of like nosedive <clears throat> into the situation. So it wasn't even just like, like you were saying, a lot of people think, oh, he's popular. Oh, he's well known. Oh, he's sold lost many albums. But, but, That's going to do it. But let me ask you a question. He's not more popular than Wyclef Jean. Right. Which, will, which right? I think was one of the most so, interesting so, parts so, of the so whole thing. It had, yeah, he, listen, don't get me wrong. The horse got to know how to run. You got to be able to run, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. You can't just go get a, a three-legged horse and say, I'm going to put it in the race. Right. <laughs> right. You got to be realistic about it, right? So, yeah, I understood that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, there was something about him that made me feel this is who I need to tap. Uh-huh. So, I mean, okay, so even when it happened, and as a lot of the people knew 
in the country, they're kind of tired of this way things always were. But still, at the beginning of it, there was people questioning, like, what's he going to do for me? You know, this guy was just, and maybe these are people who are already going to be opposed, but this guy's just an artist. What does he know about politics? What does he know about governing? What does he know about changing things? And I guess, how did you guys approach dispelling those myths? Well, you know, when you think of politics, the, the, the core definition of politics is, is basically the struggle for power mm -hmm. and the allocation of resources. That's what politics is, right? Yeah. We do politics every day. No, we never sign into legislation, any bills into, into laws or anything like that because mm -hmm. we're not in a political system to do that. But, you know, um, every politician who became a politician started off not being a politician to begin with, mm -hmm. right? All it is is a title. That's all really what it is. Now, obviously, you got to understand diplomacy. You have to understand policies, you have to understand, you, ha you have to at least have that capacity to be able to understand. Some people, they'll never understand that, right? Mm. So we didn't have that. He didn't have a political resume. I didn't have a political resume. But we were conscientious about politics, and we were interested in politics, and we were interested in the betterment of the people, right? right? So we had those, you know, um, things or attribution to us going in. And so Michelle, when you watch the film, you'll see, now obviously we don't get deep into, you know, the political um, side of it. It's just more, this film is about, really this film is about how if one person believes in something, how you can make a difference. Mm. It's about voices being heard. We've seen this right here across America with the Missouri, the Missouri College last week mm -hmm. where the students walked out, right? Mm -hmm. That's how they decided to protest because <clears throat> protest today is not the same way we used to protest back in the 50s and the 60s. If you're going to walk out with pickets and think you're going to make some change, you're not going to make any change because everything else, the political... Um, forum has evolved, right? right. Um, the way corporations, special interest group, they evolve, right? So that means the way we protest, that has to evolve also. And the way you protest, you protest where economically it affects the people that you're trying to get their attention. Mm -hmm. And so when you look back to Haiti, it's the same thing. Those Haitians protested in a way where those people at that time that were corrupted, they had to listen to them. And that's the same thing happening right here in America. Right here in America, it's the exact same thing happening, both politically, both on, 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 a, on a college level, on a consumer <laughs> level, it's happening. So I, I think one of the main levels, uh, since we connect a little bit with the way protests and, and I guess the political system works here, there's so many interests that are trying to keep that from happening. It was always seen as such an American thing to protest. That's what we've always done. We see pictures of it and we're proud of it. And that's how we even became to be. But it's almost become a negative thing. I guess maybe I'm just giving my well, opinion right now. But it's become so much because there's so many forces from uh, opinion media folks to corporations. There's so many different ones that are hidden that are affecting things. We don't even know who is being bought necessarily. How is it that we transfer that kind of passion that happened in Haiti to what we can do here. Because, well, I mean, the kids on Mizzou campus are getting called all kinds of names as if they're un-American for, for standing up for themselves. Well, the problem with protesting to me, modern-day protests, 
Now, listen, obviously Haiti is not as advanced mm. as America, right? Because you got to remember, Michel Martelly is the third Democratic elected president in his 207 years of existence, of his independence, right? Mm. He's only the third elected. So we, Haiti's far behind. But when you bring it back to America, they want you to protest in a physical form, meaning you bring a group of people out. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is the media is never going to focus on the positive side of the protest, right? You already know when you get a group of people out together, there's always going to be that one individual, that one bad apple mm -hmm. that's going to try to disrupt what's happening. And then the media zoom into that bad that, that bad apple and make it seem like it's the whole right. group massive that's doing that. So I think what Mizu um, campus, um, this college, university had taught, is teaching us, which I've been saying this for years. What they're teaching us is we're going to protest in a different way. We're not going to run outside, make noises, because all that, that's going to fall on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to play a game. We're not going to play. But guess what? The university got fined for a million dollars. See, to me, when, yeah. when you remember the incident that happened about a year or so ago with um, the Clippers? With the, with the whole the Donald Sterling uh -huh. thing? To me, what would have been effective, if you really want to make a statement, when that team came out to play during the playoff, and they all riled up together in the middle of the court and they took their jersey, put it in backwards, that's not protest. What they should have done the whole team should have unified and say, we're not going to play in the playoff. Guess what would have happened? ABC would have had to figure out what they're going to put in that time slot. Would have cost them millions yeah. of dollars. Now, guess what? Now, they have to listen to these guys. What do yeah. you guys want? Well, this is what we want. We need to negotiate. Because that's all special interests and corporations understand. Right. And that's how we got to start to get into that zone. Then how, then how do you change the people that then, as you said, it worked at Mizzou? Because I guess the black football players or the whatever, however many, however many football players actually protested and said, we're not going to play. Then how do you get people from being that negative voice that influenced, I think, a large majority of the population to go, look at these guys being un-American somehow when exactly what they're doing is American. So, I, I mean, there's different angles. So I know you can't give the answer to change the yeah. world right now, but I mean, it's society is one of the things. Look, the you're always going, you see, that's, you know, one, the great thing about democracy is everyone has a voice. Mm -hmm. But that's also the bad thing about democracy because you got to listen to the idiot mm -hmm. opinion, right? So you got to take the good and the bad. But I think, listen, what the Mizzou did is great because no one got hurt. There was no real, dis no, no real disruption. Mm -hmm. And they got their point across. And then if you notice, a couple of days later, 125 schools walked out. So people start, because all you need is that one, right. one example that works. Then everyone's going to sit back and say, hmm, the next time I protest, we're going to protest the same way. Right? Because right? Right. when you look at Ferguson, for example, <clears throat> what came out of it? Not much. That particular one, no. But, but no. That's just one of many. Right. But Mizzou got their point across. You know, that school mm -hmm. had to pay a million dollars. 
right? And if they want to continue it, they're not going to be able to sustain that. Now, they may say, oh, we're just going to get other players to come and play. But your best players are the one that protesting. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. One of the, one of the commentators yeah. did say, he goes, I'm just going to get some replacements. Okay, I said, cool. nobody wants to see that. Nobody, you're going to have an empty stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Ticket sales, beer sales, Done. concession sales, Done. all of it. And everybody's right. losing money somewhere. So, okay. So, I mean, okay, well, let's, we might as go ahead and connect it to, to what's happening right. here anyway. So, but, but um, we'll, we'll get back to this because mm-hmm. there were some points in the movie I really enjoyed. Um so, okay, so there's the outsider point of view when we have with our current election system now. The fact that people are so hungry for this different thing that happens as you're talking about, we see the difference and go, oh, I, this has been affecting me, but I've been too afraid or didn't have the right answer to approach this right. We have these seemingly outsiders that are running for president now, and I'm afraid they're being painted as the people that actually will, that are appealing to the people when in reality, they're still appealing to themselves. I mean, maybe some of the comparisons being there was popular presidents in Haiti uh, um, that had power, but then they ended up not being good for the country at all. And even still had some support when they returned. You know who I'm talking about. Mm. So I guess the hard the question is, how is it you, you get people to decipher from the good and the bad? Because people will take advantage. They can see the same thing you're seeing, but they go, let me use this, this climate, and, and take over myself. Well, there's no real formula to who's going to be a good or bad president, right? You can have the guy with all the political experience. Mm-hmm. Person could be governor, could be senator, could have been whatever, right? And on paper, that looks great. Then you can have the guy who is the outsider, who's not really tainted or corrupted by all the constituents that this person over here built in, in, in the decades or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean one is better than the other. It doesn't mean that guy with all the political experience is actually going to be a great president. It doesn't mean that this guy over here is not going to be a great president. I think we just, we as the voters or the people... We're just taking a chance based on how we feel, based on what the information that's being provided to us, right? Mm -hmm. But what it boils down to, it boils down to that individual really wanting to make a real difference. And you'll never know that till that person get that opportunity Mm -hmm. to make that decision, right? So um, I personally believe you got to, in this day and age, you have to want to put, you have to devote your whole life into serving the people. You have to be able to put your ego, your self-interest to the side. I don't know if that means we need a president or we need a leader who have all the political experience or we need a leader who is concerned about their legacy. Because obviously everyone has an interest, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a matter of who have the, the interest that's most fitting to the general population. I think we've had candidates that do that. And then how do, the, I, I, okay, so we have Obama who came in, right? right? It was a sweeping thing. It was, and I think there was some similar, I saw some similarities with, uh, with the way Martelli was working, right, right? right? With there's a change, there's a new wave. It appeals to young folks because that is the future. And once you have activated younger voters, that's more powerful than anyone else, right. honestly, because that's the future of the country. That's who's going to be taking over. So when you have someone coming and does something like that, um, 
I mean, everyone has their opinions of what Obama's been able to do and not. Um, so ha do you think that has been fulfilled to a certain degree? I mean, this, 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 this is, I guess, now part of my opinion. There's only so much a president can do, number one. So even when it comes to Martelli, at the end of the film, he mentioned that there was, there was the issues of corruption and then issues of what's happening in the country still. And he said, I'm one president that came in and is doing this. It's not going to change everything in a couple of years for what's happening. So what is it about one man that can try to change a system in a society when you're thinking? Well, I think you got to first understand the lay of the land, right? So meaning like when you take America, you know, I like to tell people this country, this institution is on autopilot. So it doesn't matter if someone comes from the left or someone comes from the right. The country is only going to tilt a little bit to the right or to the left, depending on who's at the helm, right? Mm -hmm. But Haiti's different. <clears throat> Haiti still building its foundation. So there's a lot more a leader can do in Haiti than you can do here, right? You can't mm -hmm. approach them the same way, mm -hmm. okay? Now, if you want to talk about Obama, depending on who you speak to, they have their opinion on his governance. And obviously, look, he still has another year left. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more, you know, he um, wants to accomplish. And I do believe that he loves his country, and obviously he really wants to do. I mean, look, but when you sit back and think about it, who doesn't want to be the best president ever, right? I mean, you got to think, these people want to help the people, but now here's the problem. If Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy came back, they have a hard time in this political climate. Yeah. I mean, you got people saying that Ronald Reagan. Do you know if He's Ronald Reagan ran right now, he would not, not. He would be considered a moderate. <laughs> as he, he, he'd much be as, at one percent of the Republican vote on his ass. As much as these conservatives love to praise him, but if he was to run right now, I don't know. He, I don't know if he would poll in the top five. Yeah, that's honestly the reason I think for people's legacy is for later in life to be remembered a certain way. And then I think the party's reason for needing a legacy from their president is to use that later for future campaigns, which is exactly, as you're saying, what Republicans do now with Reagan, when in reality they wouldn't have any support for him. Uh, so, so, I, um, so I guess when, when leaders come in and, and want to change things, everyone has their, has their agenda, as you said. Is Obama on his? Or is it just like, I mean, look, the legacy is going to be stuff like the health care thing. And, and, and I guess changing the climate. So everyone knew that was part of what his change was going to be. So a lot of opponents will say, nothing has changed. Actually, things have gotten worse. So then you have to fight that instead. But when you don't have to uh, go for re-election, I think more things get put across. As you said, there's a year left. And I can't, you kind of see a shift, I think, in his attitude. Well, look, I mean, if we're going, if we're going to talk about Obama, <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, obviously, I, I don't sit down and talk to him every day. But I think that, obviously, we know what some of his main agendas were. Mm -hmm. Um, some of them got accomplished, some of them halfway got accomplished, some of them didn't get accomplished at all. Because you got to remember, you know, we are in a democracy and then, you know, everyone has to agree to... And now, now I do believe there's some people who oppose things because politically that's what they think they need to do. Right. Or whatever the reason is. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I would say there's probably a majority of, of people who really want to do something, I'm talking about leaders, elected officials, who really want to do something for, for the people, for the country, but 
the minute you start mixing in, once again, corporation, special interest, so now you're playing the chess game a different way, right? Like when you know normally you wouldn't sacrifice that pawn, now you say, I might have to sacrifice this mm -hmm. because it's politically motivated, right? It's not strictly about, I mean, when you, when you look at healthcare plan, right? Mm -hmm. This is something that I don't know why it's even political. You're talking about health for people that we all should care about. Mm -hmm. So how can a company or, in, or an institution that their whole existence is about their bottom line, and then you want to inject something that's about the people's health, how can you mix the two together and get a good result? It's almost virtually impossible. And uh, okay, so <laughs> you know what I'm I mean, is this maybe I'm the dumb one, no, but I'm just saying, right? Because we, we've, I think we've switched so much to a point of people's perception of what they are, which say healthcare system or even leaders, they want to be shown as being they care for people. We still push America as we care, we take in everybody, we're the, the shining light on the hill, we do everything and we lead. But at the same time, we don't actually want to do it. That helps actually other people, or even our citizens, honestly. As you said, we need a leader that's going to be the type that comes in and wants to work for the citizenry. But in reality, when the citizenry needs them, there ends up being a lot of bashing about who, look at these people wanting their handouts, when in reality they're citizens who have who've given to the country, and but, that's but, why but they, I, I can't really they blame, deserve. I can't really blame the leader, because you've got to remember something. Before Obama, before Bush, before Clinton, before... First Bush, before Carter, before Johnson, um, not Lyndon Johnson, sorry, um, um, Nixon, and, and um, so forth, before Reagan, before all these guys, they've been dumped whatever came before them, right? Uh -huh. So it's like they have all of this they got to deal with. And it just gets, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And what happened is the corporation and special interest group have just gotten stronger and stronger right. and stronger, right? So it's kind of like, well, we can't really beat them, so we got to kind of like join them. But at the same time, we also represent the people. It's, it's a hard thing. How do you thing. do? So exactly, you, that's you how I think it's impossible you really, you really, to do. You, you really can't. You really can't. The, the only way you had to just blow this whole thing up, but how do you do that? You can't. Well, as, as you said, like, think, like, 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 going back to healthcare. Mind you, I don't know. I know absolutely nothing about the healthcare except for I know my healthcare plan is very expensive. Uh -huh. Okay, I okay. Think everyone has the same opinion, right? <laughs> but but I can afford mine, right? Okay, right. So my thing is, if healthcare is supposed to help the people's well-being, right? Then why are the insurance companies having a say in it when you know their main objective is economics? But they're doing the same thing. They're telling people, you see a healthcare commercial, you'll see a commercial about someone's health and seeing their doctor and be like, we care. And there's like gentle music playing. Oh, of course, so I mean, they're they have to say that. They're not going to say, yeah. well, listen, you bounce me. We don't really care exactly. about you guys. We just need you to. I mean, exactly. They're not going to say that. We already know that. But the point I'm saying is, think about when that leader comes in and he really wants to do something. For the people, I don't believe healthcare. Mind you, I'm not into socialism, so I don't want people to take this. 
you know, I don't want people to start blasting my <laughs> Twitter and my, my Instagram. But I do believe there's certain things that's a right and not a privilege. Uh -huh. Healthcare for every American should be a right. There's components of socialism all through our society. So that, that we accept, that we're open <laughs> to, that we're fine with because it makes sense. You know, you're right. It's, it's it, shouldn't, just, it shouldn't be one, one, one way or the other. Right. Because some things that have some social implication to it is okay. It doesn't mean we're a socialist Think about society. calling your doctor not worrying about how much it's going to cost. If your kitchen is on fire and your extinguisher didn't put it out, you can call the fire department and you don't have to go, how much is this going to cost me? You don't have to do that. But if, if for some reason that wasn't a component of our society... But we have like a, 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 a system where you have to pay for every time the fire department comes. And then suddenly a, a leader comes in and says, you know what? The fire department should come for free because you pay your taxes. People can go, what? Socialism. You know, so it's, it's just a matter of perception of how things ha have been pushed to us since we were born now, I'm to a, believe. I'm going to bring it back to you now. What, which, what this whole interview is about. You want to circle it back. Basically... We as the people have to unify and say enough is enough. Mm -hmm. And this is what this movie is about on a very micro level. Mm -hmm. You know, because the Haitians don't have a system like we have, obviously. And they want to, at some point, I believe they're going to get there. Mm -hmm. Michelle Martelli, Sweet Mickey, is the beginning of the new for Haiti. It may have not been perfect, may have not been great, but it's the catalyst for a new political system. Now, if you want to go back to America, because they run parallel, because I was born in America, I'm an American, so obviously I'm patriotic to being an American. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, my parents are from Haiti, so I got that patriotism going there, too. So it's like a dual patriotism mm -hmm. going on. And I see the parallel. Okay? And sometimes, what people don't understand, third world countries are kind of like, they're like the, 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 you know how like, you have a record, uh, let, let's say you get a record that's buzzing on the streets. It buzz on the streets before it gets to the pop mainstream audience, right? Mm -hmm. And when you look at third world countries, being that I've been to Somalia, North Korea, Iraq, Iran, all these different places, what I notice is they are what I call the streets. Uh -huh. They buzzing, right? If you remember a couple years ago, you had the Arab Spring, started off in Tanzania. Mm -hmm. Then you had Egypt, what happened with Egypt. Then you had, obviously, um, with Gaddafi, them getting rid of Gaddafi. Right. Then you had a protest in Iran, which is, it never happened since the revolution in 1979, mm -hmm. right? Then you had a protest in Hong Kong. You had a protest in China. Then you had what happened in Haiti. We're starting to see... Guatemala, a couple weeks ago, just had a comedian become their first-time president, right? Yeah. And um, Iceland, the mayor is a musician, okay? Mm -hmm. you, 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 <clears throat> so and now what happens is it's starting to come now to America. We've seen the same thing that's been happening in the last couple years. In these third-world countries, it's starting to happen right here. I think we just need an acceptance of taking the lead from someone else, if it works. You know, well, you have to learn. Have this, yeah. You have to see. You have to say to yourself, why is it happening here? Because 
When we had that global recession, it didn't just affect us. It affected the whole globe. If we sneeze, the rest of the world catches the flu. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, but at the same time, things also come and creep into... Uh, I think we've just been very complacent, to be honest right. with you. And now, but we're starting to see the difference. Like you talked about the candidates that are vying for this presidency mm-hmm. right here in America. You know, they're a little bit, you know, colorful candidates, you know, if you will. <laughs> but, but, but think about it. You see the parallel between them and Sweet Mickey. Five years ago, if I said to you, some guy who used to wear diapers, were very popular, could run for president of any country, you know, don't discount the fact that it's Haiti, um, mm-hmm. can possibly win, you, you probably say that's impossible, that's crazy. But right here, we've seen another candidate here who's somewhat colorful. He may not be as colorful as Sweet Mickey, but he's a colorful character. Mm-hmm. We don't need to mention his name. We know who we're talking about. Right. He's number one in the poll amongst his party. But the thing that happened, again, in, during the campaign with Martelli was eventually, not even eventually, it happened pretty quick. He had to prove that he's not just this cat who used to, who used to do provocative things on stage. But then when someone asked him, so, or not even asked him, but he noticed what's happening, where you can find things within this country that will promote it, that will get it to a new level, that you can use these resources to get you somewhere. Eventually, this unnamed candidate here has to prove something that he knows what he's doing. He don't have to prove anything. You know well, anything he needs I mean, to do? I mean, listen. Yeah, not, he, that's he, our he, fault. No, no, no. He has to do, look, he has to prove that he can govern. He has to prove amongst, first of all, he has to convince his base. I mean, they're they about to go to the um, voting primaries mm-hmm. um, in January, I think. He has to first get past that. I mean, he's still along. When you're talking about politically, Mm-hmm. Down to January, it's like an eternity. A lot right. can happen, right? He can know dive in a hot second. Too. No, no, no. Listen, I, listen. Yeah. I believe from the day one, but I'm just saying, a lot can happen. He can nose dive in a second, right? But it's not about him per se. It's about how disenfranchised the people feel. That's the bottom line to it, because. If you talked about eight years ago in 08, he wouldn't have lasted three days after announcing his mm-hmm. candidacy. Am I right or wrong? Right. Okay, especially with the remarks and his rhetoric, mm-hmm. right? This guy's so on what's, fire right now. So what has changed about us, our society, our country, that has allowed this to be so much different I think what now? changes, when you look at the political meltdown at the Beltway, when you look at when people feel like, I send you guys to office, whether you're conservative, whether you're liberal. I send you guys to represent us, to, to find some form of a bipartisanship, um, a medium to, to, to address our needs, right? Mm-hmm. But for some reason, you guys can't figure it out, then we're going to have to put people in that can't. And it may not... It might be that guy. I don't know. But the, no, the pro- yeah, <laughs> it's just once you start seeing the, the, the rhetoric, as you said, that comes from, from certain candidates, they start saying, no, you don't need your country to do much for you that you contribute to. I mean, that, that's become one of the main lines is how dare you expect something from the country you are contributing to. And so it, even, it, it starts telling well, we their constituents, you don't deserve 
what you deserve. But you know and they not, buy it. But we know that's not true. You know how we know that's true? We do. Listen, let me tell you something. When people... I believe people just want the basic things for their lives. Mm -hmm. Right? Be able to have a job, roof over their head. Healthy. Be healthy. Mm -hmm. And have just enjoy the American life. Watch your football, barbecue, the basic things. Mm -hmm. I don't believe the average American wants to be a billionaire. They're not looking for that. Uh -huh. They just want to contribute and get their little share from this American pie. When you can't get that basic and it become a, a nationwide thing, then people eventually say enough is enough. That's what gave the birth of the Tea Party. People go to the extreme when they feel like, okay, I'm being disrespected at this point. That's what happened with the whole Boston Tea Party. I mean, think about it. It's the same. <laughs> and the, and then, then it, there's always an interception. The cornerback comes in when the Tea Party's getting boring because it's against how corrupt the government is and how they're not doing things for the people. Then the interception comes in by these people who are, who are funded by corporations, as we always talk about. Then they come in and, and co-opt this seemingly... Uh, a, a positive triggering of a Tea Party, and it becomes this thing that's biting back against people. So it, it, it starts as citizenry, and it ends with fighting citizenry. I see what you're saying. Because of money. I, I see what you're saying. You're saying that basically they dismantled the Tea Party. They came up like immediately. Like I'm not even okay. dismantled. Just okay. co-opted. You're right. But guess what? Let me tell you something. When one thing doesn't work, guess what happened? It morphed into something else. Mm -hmm like a virus. You kill that virus, it gets stronger, right? We look 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 the terrible thing that just happened in France. Mm -hmm. It started off first, you had the Taliban, you had Al-Qaeda. These right. guys are smarter and stronger than the last two groups. Okay? Mm -hmm. So that means they're doing something else. They have and obviously Unfortunately, some of the people that are coming in are ex-trained military guys mm -hmm. from different parts of the, you know, different, you know, military groups. But going back to here, yes, the Tea Party got dismantled because they were far, far, far to the right. But there's, a, uh, there's another movement happening that's a little bit more sophisticated than the Tea Party. And you need someone that's going to, like, these things morph, but you need someone to morph them or to be that... Change. But we're seeing it happen right now. We're seeing it happen. Listen, we have about three more months to see what's really going to happen. Mm -hmm. Listen, to be honest with you, I already know in my heart who I think is going to be the next president I've been of the U.S. Yes. Okay? Uh -huh. But if that still happens, you still have to worry about those groups that are not satisfied. For, you mm -hmm. know, I'm, I'm one of those people who always believe if someone is not satisfied about something, I need to understand why. That doesn't mean I'm going to agree with you, uh -huh. but I need to at least address that issue. Why is it that you're discontent? Why is that you're not? Why are you being disruptive? I need to understand why. You can't just sit here and say, oh, yeah, don't worry about that. They're not the majority. Because they eventually will become the majority. <clears throat> the longer you keep them out, the more they're going right. to build up into something else different. Which goes back to Sweet Mickey. <laughs> 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 the Haitians were fed up after 25 years and decided we're going to put in this 
colorful character. Mm -hmm. Don't make no mistake. It's not like they didn't know who this guy was. For 20 years, he's been sweet Mickey, mm -hmm. right? But the message was, I, the most powerful thing I have is my vote. Now, we take it for granted up here. Mm -hmm. But in third world countries, that's all they have, right? Because mm -hmm. they don't have anything else. They don't have the comfort of going home and watching their favorite team play on Sunday, Sunday morning. They don't have the comfort of, like, going to a nice restaurant. They don't have that. All they have is a hope and a vote. Hope that one day this will come to pass and a vote. I'm going to exercise that to try to find someone that can do that. So when all the Haitians got together and said, we're going to vote for this guy, it wasn't so much about we believe. Yeah, they would have hoped that he would have done something, but it's more sending a message. Our vote is going to be recognized, and we're sending out a message to your status quo. Mm -hmm. Don't play with us. Because the majority in this democracy we're in now will always win. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and it was it was put on it was illustrated very openly in the film again when the first round didn't was actually corrupted and kind of taken, and international attention was made. As you said, once the right people or once the right attention hits the right people, that's when the change has to happen. Right. So that's what happened in the film. Also, um, you know, I mean, if you look up anything, you know who the president is now of Haiti. So the spoiler didn't need to be there, but. Uh, he won with 67% well, I mean, yeah, yeah, of the I mean, vote. Listen, it was, it was, uh, uh, the, the film was awesome. I loved it. It's not really a spoiler because think about it. You still want to know. I think people still need how to go see the movie because it's about hope. It's about you know how one person can make a, mm -hmm. make a difference. But also you want to know what, what was the process. That's like mm -hmm. me saying, like, I know what happened with the Titanic, but I still want to see the movie. movie. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I don't see the movie. I know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and side note also, it, it got into everyone here at least knew as much as we don't pay attention to anything else um, with Wyclef's involvement mm -hmm. in the election. And obviously, once a lot, that's when a lot of people's ears perked up when it was going on. Like, right. oh, right. Wyclef, Pross, right, oh, right, 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 Wyclef, Pross, and it sort of turned into you know we can start to make a comical uh, look at what was reality and how all that actually came together, which I think was one of the best parts of the film. Right. Uh, I I enjoyed it; it was good stuff. Um, and also, I can one question about Wyclef. Yeah. Did you um, when it was a surprise that he that he got in because you guys had started before he right. jumped in. Um, if it wasn't for your involvement with Mickey's candidacy, do you think it was a parallel direction that Wy Wyclef was looking to take? For, what do you mean for, for him to be president? Yeah, his, yeah of what course. He, looking I mean, to do. It was, it was a kind of the same thing anyway before he even joined up. And, and I think Clef definitely wanted to be president, and rightfully so. You know, it's a free country, right. just like this country is, and the same way Kanye West. You know, in twenty, what is it? Twenty. He's thinking twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. He's thinking about you know his candidacy. By the way, Kanye, you want to see me, man? You're gonna really make that run. Come see me. But anyway, so um, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think Clef wanted that mm. and maybe he could have possibly gotten it i don't know mm -hmm. i didn't believe he was going to win but who knows maybe if michelle didn't put in his threw his hat in the ring maybe they would have went with clef right right 
but I think the, the I think the um the power that be when he got um what they call kind of like disqualified the the, the reason was he wasn't a real or full resident mm-hmm. of the country. Right. You have to be there for a period of time to to be a resident to be able to to, to And buy. so especially when establishing one of the things a certain right. way. They found huh? so so even if Michelle wasn't running, so I think what the um, the came what the government did. I mean, for you people, when you go see the movie, basically there was two musicians: it was Clef, White Clef Jean, and Sweet Mickey Michelle Martelli. The government got rid of White Clef because they thought White Clef was the bigger threat. Exactly. If they thought Michelle was the bigger threat. They would have got rid of Michelle. Yeah, now the thing is, they couldn't get rid of both of them because then the country would have went crazy. Right. There were two very popular musicians down in Haiti, mm-hmm. so they got rid of White Clef. So, you know, I think Clef might make a run, maybe a couple years more down the line, right. and and that's yeah. that's his that choice. And maybe he he's gonna learn from where he went wrong, uh-huh. um, and then maybe he become president. Maybe he's the guy who comes and really do something for the country. I don't know, you know. I enjoyed it. Prize, Michelle. Thank Thanks you for coming much. through. Yes, sir. Uh, future campaign manager for every, every, <laughs> everything American, American campaigns, Haiti, Haitian campaigns. Uh, he's he's going to run things. The campaign uh, that came in, at least the professional corporation that came in and helped mm-hmm. run, um, did you take some notes and be like, listen, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start my own no, consulting no, 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 corporation no, 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 business? No, I'm not. Do it over that. here, no. straight out of Brooklyn. No, no, no. Let no. me know. Because, you know, once, once you start the, can- the, uh, the campaign with. With uh, with Kanye, uh, we're one boy. We'll see. He's gonna reach out. <laughs> reach out. Thanks again. Okay, TYT interviews everyone. Jr. Jackson Prize. Thank uh, you. It's been excellent. Let's uh, let's do it again.